So what's in the water? That question continues to be a hot topic in Mount Pleasant. New tonight at 11 o'clock, dozens in Mount Pleasant gather with officials to learn what's in their water. 38 days was the total duration of the situation. We spent over 1,100 man hours. It cost us over $106,000 to deal with this fake news. Hey, this is Robert. Thanks for joining us today. You know, it's not every day that you find yourself in the headwinds of a full-on media storm, or at least I hope you don't. Little did uh, Clay Duffy, who's the general manager of Mount Pleasant Waterworks, know that within a span of 38 days that he would activate an emergency management plan. He would uh, share a newspaper headlines with Aaron Brockovich. Yes, that Aaron Brockovich. And learn firsthand how to fight fake news. You know, little did I know at that time that Dealing with social media and fake news was going to become the most challenging event of my life and my career. I mean, Hugo was a piece of cake compared to what we were up against. Today, Clay shares his story with us. This story starts with a group of moms with some serious concerns and one simple question. The, the story begins in a very serious manner. Um, there were some children in a couple of neighborhoods that had been diagnosed with brain cancer, a relatively rare form of brain cancer. And the moms were obviously concerned about the children and interested in, in knowing more about it. So they got on social media and started, you know, asking, probing questions, asking questions like, is, is there a, 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 a cancer cluster in Mount Pleasant? And so that question, then percolated through the health department and DHEX um, and the CDC. They said, well, it's not really a cluster. But before you know it, this thing picked, it started getting legs. And um, the local media picked up on it. And then once they picked up on it, it went national. And in an interview with two of the moms, the reporter asked the question, is it the water? And they said that 11 children had been diagnosed with brain cancer in this, this one part of Mount Pleasant. And so that question, is it the water, that, you know, that, that put us on the spot right there. Mount Pleasant Waterworks provides water, wastewater service to about 90,000 people in and around the town of Mount Pleasant in South Carolina. For some of y'all outside the state, Mount Pleasant sits on a peninsula behind the Isle of Palms and Sullivan's Island, bracketed by the wonderful Wando River. They connect to Charleston by the Ravenel Bridge. You know, uh, Mount Pleasant has two water sources, groundwater from the Mindorf Aquifer, which they treat using uh, state-of-the-art reverse osmosis technology. They also purchase drinking water from the Charleston Water System. Okay. That's enough background. Let's go back to the story. It's gonna get worse before it gets better. We, uh, you know, we got back to work the next day and, and pulled together our emergency management team uh, that's right out of the book, right out of, out of our management uh, manual. And uh, it started working the problem. Um, we called a uh, uh, press conference on Sunday and uh, had three stations there and, and, and announced that we were gonna hold a public meeting 
to uh, help provide good information, factual information, and get that information out um, through all the mediums that we could. Customers had started um, testing the water with these uh, test strips that aren't really uh, EPA certified. Well, they got an EPA logo on the package, but they're not certified. So they started putting that on social media, that there's, there's pesticides in Mount Pleasant's water. And so that's how we had, we had to respond to that as well. So that's when we, we made the pub, had the public meeting, developed a sampling plan in conjunction with the health department and with, uh, with Charleston Water System. We all three did, uh, had a sampling plan, and we all sent them off to an you know, independent lab. And so we announced that. But at the, at the, at the public meeting, the interesting thing that, uh, that happened there was that we listened to the parents. They were making some wild accusations and, and that kind of thing, but you know, what we heard loud and clear is they care about their children. And they, you know, the, their children's health is the most important thing and if, if they thought for a minute that the water was causing these serious diseases, you know, they were, they were enraged by that, just by that discussion. But we heard them, and we heard them loud and clear, and um, you know, they were concerned about schools and, and water quality in schools, which is now a pretty significant issue as well, uh, lead in schools. We set up a sampling plan after all this was over. It was something we learned is that we, we now sample every school in our uh, monthly routine in Mount Pleasant, in our routine sampling. And that's not required? Not required, but we did it because we thought it was, it showed that, that we heard what the parents were concerned about and we responded to it. Um, I always say you can't, you can't prevent an emergency from happening. Uh, we all have them. But it's how you communicate and it's how you respond is how you'll be judged and I think we communicated and responded appropriately. So here we are and we're, we're having daily meetings with um, Charleston Water System and with DHEC. Uh, had, had them on the phone every day for 11 days straight. And a couple of days into it, we started getting these calls um, from a guy named Bob. And Bob and Aaron Brockovich are a pair. They, they do the good cop, bad cop stuff. Erin um, was calling my mayor. She was talking to the press and saying that we were contaminating uh, aquifers with our drinking water because we use aquifer storage and recovery um, systems as well. And she didn't know what she was talking about. And, um, and making, I mean, she was calling me out and saying we were lying. And so here, here we go, Aaron and Clay Duffy on the front page of the Post and Courier two days in a row, uh, arguing about, you know, she's making accusations and we're saying, well, she's just wrong. You know, it, it, it really started escalating then is when the press got involved and, and really started, you know, promoting this story. Um, it really got interesting. So Bob would say, he'd call up uh, our water manager, Alan Klum, and, and talk to Alan and say, yeah, come on, man, you know, y'all got this real serious problem. We can help for a fee. So this is how they work. This is a good cop, bad cop. Aaron, you know, stirs the pot and Bob comes in and says, you know, we can save the day with your, you know, your media crisis and, uh, and make the utility, you know, come into a good light. Well, we said, no, thank you. We don't want to have anything to do with you two. You know, we just kept putting out our 
information. We the results came in from the samples. We of course we you know absolutely clean with no detection on the pesticides and herbicides. And so we made that announcement. We held a meeting, another public meeting, to announce the results. A guy that was really on our case, we knew he had sampled for Gen X, and he had told the press, and we had heard about it. And so at that meeting, he drops that that um, lab report on the table and said, you know, y'all have Gen X in the water. And uh, Alan Klum handled that, uh, that really well. He said, well, you know, I just, just got this report. Uh, can we get the quality assurance uh, document that went with this report? And so we got it, and Alan looked at it, and, and the control had more Gen X in it than the sample. So we knew right away that it was a bogus sample. And we had to put out a press release uh, pretty much um, calling the laboratory uh, down and saying, you know, you didn't explain the information to your customer. And he just took what you gave him and he saw a number on a page and then took it to the press. And so this is how this fake news gets started. And because this guy was just, he was out to, to make us, he was trying to embarrass us, is what he was trying to do and call our integrity into question. As water manager, you, you call the, the water that I supply to you know, 90,000 people every day. You call it into question, that's a serious accusation in my book. We, we couldn't stand for that. We had, to sh but we had to prove it and communicate it and sh respond to the customer's concerns. And, and regardless of all the noise that went on with the social media, um, I think we ended up coming out ahead. We put all of our press releases on our website, sent them to the press, sent them to the, uh, put them on Facebook, use Twitter. Um, at that time, we didn't have Nextdoor, and believe it or not, Nextdoor came along a little bit after that. Um, but that social media platform is used extensively. So we learned an awful lot. We, uh, we developed a lot of good relationships. Uh, we proved that if you plan ahead and work your plan that you can be successful. Um, it turns out we got over 250 um, responses from the public thanking us for what we did, thanking us for being transparent and, and coming out and you know hosting the meetings and just dealing with the issue for you know 38 days was the total duration of the, of the situation. Um, we spent over 1,100 man hours. It cost us over $106,000 to deal with this fake news. And, um, that's quite unfortunate, but uh, you know, you have to do it. You can't not um, show that the water is safe. You know, dealing with somebody with as high profile as Aaron Brockovich, you know, was um, it just made things a little more interesting, I'd say. After Clay finished recounting his story, we had one more question for Clay before we turned off the microphone. We asked how working with the public has changed since the events that unfolded in Flint in 2014. It's unfortunate, but you know, since Flint, uh, we've all struggled in the water industry with um, credibility, transparency and all those things. And the public has gotten so much more aware 
of what's in the drinking water. And, you know, we keep calling them emerging contaminants. Well, you know, contaminants in water, those, those words don't really mix in my book. They're compounds that are in water, they're man-made chemicals, they're um, naturally occurring compounds, radioactive compounds, there's all kind of compounds in water. But when we start using that word contaminant, and people start saying, well, contaminant means I'm gonna get sick, or my children are gonna get sick. The awareness of what's in water, what's in my water, is now really more on the forefront than ever before. And, uh, and which is a huge challenge for us in the water industry to you know, do the right thing. And you know, we quit saying we meet or exceed state standards. We said we surpass those standards. And we quit using the word contaminant. Um, you know, we tried to change, you have to try to change the language a little bit so that, that customers, you know, feel more uh, comfortable with their water. And, you know, we have to be um, open, you know, about, you know, our in, the information that we have. Uh, and these, uh, the issue with microplastics that just came up last week. I mean, this thing's coming out, you know, every day harmful algal blooms, all these things that we know are, are more, you know, affecting water quality and, and source water. And so, you know, how we deal with all this is, is, is we've got to be uh, open, honest, and we'd have to communicate. And, uh, and, and this is where I think um, the water associations, you know, can take a, a more active role in communicating the good things that are going on with water. Thanks again to Clay for sharing this story with us. We talked with Clay during the South Carolina Environmental Conference all the way back in March. Also, thanks again for the entire team here, Dr. Ladner and Amy for keeping this podcast going, especially over the summer. Big shout out to Dr. Ladner's wife for feeding us last week. We've been meeting and pitching story ideas. We have a plate full of episodes in development that we can't wait to share with you. I'm Robert Osborne. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode. In the meantime, please subscribe and share this podcast with others. Anywhere you can find a podcast, I promise you'll find the outfall. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Leave a review on Apple iTunes and we'd love to hear from you. 